0: Hey y'all, welcome to Colored Couch Conversations, a podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch. Today, my guest and I will be discussing black cards, microaggressions, and dating. I'm your host, Jasmine W., and my guest today is a stand up comedian and podcaster. And she's been on Amazon Prime Video just for laughs, which is really hard to get into, y'all. Um, SF Sketch. Fest as well she's also the host and creator of or i think co-creator of black card rehab podcast which is featured on earwolf and hoo ha give it up for crystal adams hey crystal Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Girl, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, I must let y'all know that uh, before we get started, follow Crystal on Instagram at the Dark Crystal. That's T-H-E-D-A-R-K-K-R-I-S-T-A-L. Um, and I've been a guest on your podcast, Crystal. Yes.
1: Yes. We talked about a different world.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Explain to everybody what Black Card Rehab is because it's such a cool uh, concept. (laughs)
1: So it's a podcast where um, I, me and my white friend Paige, um, we kind of do a deep dive, sometimes just us, um, and a lot of times with guests, where they explain to us something in Black pop culture that they really love, but that I personally might be a little shaky on. Yeah. Yeah. uh, sometimes I do know the thing that the, the guest is talking about, but um, yeah, I, I really love when it's a lot, you know, things that I don't know, um, because I just felt like the experience that I was having as a Black person, not knowing a lot about Black pop culture was actually more common than people think. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people think every Black person knows every like, like somehow they're just like born into this world already having seen roots, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> And but I just like that's not that wasn't the case for me. And I know that's not a lot. That's not the case for a lot of black people. So I thought it's more funny for me to and more fun to not be in a place of like authority. Like to not, you know, to kind of be more vulnerable um, with my lack of knowledge than kind of coming with like, all right, I know about this, you know, like, let me impress you with that. Like, I have been pretending that I've known certain lyrics to songs for 15 years. I'm (laughs) (laughs) Why?
0: Why do you think you don't know... As much as the uh, about black culture as like say a Jasmine who over identifies with being a black woman <laughs> so,
1: i mean it's it was never an issue about like ne- not identifying with being black, but yeah. I think more so like the thing is is that especially with black pop culture things, what I find fascinating is when I ask people like what was the first time you were aware of this, and then they always have an interesting story I' like, well my mom exposed me to it or like my cousin or like, well, I didn't have any good uh, uh, male figures in my family. So they just let me watch uh, New Jack City at seven. You know, like you find that everybody came at this, at all of these things in very different ways. And it just so happened that my parents or, I mean, I didn't have older brothers and sisters at the time. So like, I didn't have them to expose me to these things that other people got exposed to. So it's just like, I'm a kid. My parents will let me watch whatever I want to watch on TV. I don't have Mm -hmm. any direction. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to be locked on the Disney channel. How about that? (laughs) 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 So it's just like, that's just what happens when you don't have and outside influence like I think people because they they've known a lot of things for so long they forget that it was somebody else who introduced it to them yeah. like you're not just six and like you know I I, I want to watch waiting to exhale like <laughs> that's not that's not a thing like you had to have somebody in your life kind of like already watching those things or like you know that's just what's on in the background maybe at holidays and like that yeah. just wasn't the case for me
0: like what are your parents like because well I, they've
1: seen a lot of these things that I haven't seen. They just f- never exposed me to them cuz like, they were sometimes... good
0: parents. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what? Like that is so true. I never thought about that. And when I even when I was a guest on the podcast, I never knew why you created that the podcast, so that's very interesting and cool. I will say that my parents who are awesome parents are very like my dad is hell he's so inappropriate that he exposed me to all types of shit and he was just like it it was so contradictory too you know what i mean because i grew up super christian Mm -hmm. but like my mom doesn't curse my mom does didn't really wear skirts above her knee like my mom is this very conservative like sweet woman less so now more now that i'm an adult but my dad would be, we'd go to church every Sunday and then maybe even Bible study on Wednesday, but then he'd cuss and he'd be drinking beer every night and then he'd have like Martin Lawrence on and when something bad came on, he'd be like, close your eyes. You know, It's like, <laughs> what? Like, how am I exposed to all this stuff I'm not even supposed to be watching? You know, Yeah, it's because he was reckless and your daddy wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. They they
1: were also like yeah pretty like Christian and like they kept me pretty I sheltered to a degree, but then at a certain point I was all of a sudden allowed to watch MTV. I don't know if I was allowed so much as like the, the channel was there and they just didn't know that I was watching it. Yeah. But um, yeah, but same thing. Like I wasn't, you know, like being exposed to that. I mean, my dad, sometimes I've been telling my, my dad about some of the things I've been watching. He was like, oh yeah, I remember that. I'm like, why didn't you ever say anything?
0: <laughs> like, He's like, cause you were 10. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Well, y'all check out Black Card Rehab. It's such a good, um, such a good podcast. And there are many, already so many episodes out that you don't have to, you can catch up. You know what I mean? I hate when I go to a podcast and there's like two episodes. Like, yeah. Um, well, we always start the podcast with the quote of the day and you know this quote because you chose it. And <laughs> it's, uh, I'm so nice. I'm everybody type goddamn right I'm so nice Jesus Christ I'm better than the hype I give you life by uh the Carters on the everything is love album I will say I was so happy when I saw this because this is the first music quote that I've had on the podcast after 20 episodes that's crazy isn't it? It's like you can do you can choose music too. Um why did you choose this? So why did you choose this quote? Well, first of all,
1: Beyonce is so inspiring to me. Um yeah. like I she's pulled me out of multiple like many depressions. Yeah. Um I for whatever reason when I listen to like either a piece of music or like um the a whole album of hers like I think in particular Lemonade, but like the homecoming tour, like Mm. there's something about just or watching her that makes you feel like what, like anything is possible. Yeah. Even, you know, with the circumstances that you're in, it, it makes me feel like I can overcome this moment in time. And, um, yeah, because it's the the circumstances that equal Beyonce are pretty unlikely, you know. Yeah. Like, just the fact that there is this black woman that is just crossed over, like,
0: yeah,
1: everybody. Like, there's not one race of 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 men that is like, we won't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and of course, there are races out there, but like, a- across races people are like, yep, Beyonce's it. And that being the case, while simultaneously we're still having issues of like colorism um, and racism, like those two things are existing at the same time, which is fascinating in itself, right? That we've got this woman
0: that like really is everybody's type. Um. (laughs) And I would even argue that the most racist person, if they had the opportunity, would not just uh, sleep with Beyonce because most men would because they'll sleep with anything, but <laughs> would bow down to Beyonce and grovel at the opportunity. You know what I mean? So that's pretty cool, yeah. too.
1: And this quote I really love and I, I remember I shared it with somebody because it gave me chills when I heard her say it. yeah like for a long time, like I was, I was single and I just, and I was single and in LA, which is like a double, uh, condemnation. Yeah. Um, (laughs) single black and in LA don't ever do it. I don't recommend it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like, um, I was single for a really long time and, 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 you know, I knew that what was happening for me was that like, I had been educated. I had been like, I've been given like kind of this pedigree that makes me like fit, quote unquote, for a certain type of man, but that those men weren't interested in me. Mm. And, and so what I love about this quote is that it's kind, she kind of decided that she would be everybody's type, you know, it's, it didn't feel like she gave anybody a choice. Like she just decided, no, I'm going to, I'm going to appeal to everybody and, and good luck trying to resist me. (laughs) Um, Wow. And I love, you know, I love this song because it I'm so nice has this double meaning of like, on the one hand it's like talking about nice like you're fresh you know like you've got your shit together like you are you know what everybody should want but also like I am I'm I'm a nice I've not heard anything bad about like people who work with Beyonce maybe they all sign NDAs maybe she's a total cunt behind
0: doors like I don't know you know what (laughs) Republicans against the deep state think that Oh, (laughs) (laughs) they do they think she be eating babies and shit and she's cast spells. but that's another topic <laughs> some people believe that I yeah I'm
1: I'm sure they yeah it's oh these I can't, I can't. <laughs> um but yeah she so but she I've heard so many positive things about her in that way as well and it's just like Like there's not one way to be successful. Like it's not like you don't have to be a complete, you know, mean trash person. Mm -hmm. And and also like being nice does not preclude you from success, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole Beyonce episode. uh, But the one thing I will say is last night was Tina's Mama Tina's Gala. And um, the clip of Beyonce, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the clip of Beyonce doing her corny joke came out. Have you seen that?
1: No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> that's
0: funny. Don't watch it in, unless you have 15 or 20 minutes just to watch it over and over because that's how she captivates. Like, wow. I, I think that I'm nuts. Because I watched the video 15 times, at least. And then I go to the comments and and then I see a, co- a couple of other comments say, I watched this so many times. It's because you just want to watch her over and over. You know what I mean? So she is nice and she is everybody's type, apparently. Because I watched that video so many times. <laughs> I'm going
1: to have to watch that.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And also the line in the song, um, she says, I'm better than the hype, too. Yeah. You know, like, I, it, it's the same thing. It's just, like, you don't ever hear about a bad Beyonce concert. Like, I've never personally been. I would love to go one day when I have millions of dollars because it's so expensive. But, <laughs> yeah. like, I've but, been. Yeah, have, and, yeah, and and the thing is, is, like, I don't think anybody has come away saying, it wasn't as good as they said it was going to be. Yeah, like ever.
0: You know the thing about the beyond. I went to the Carters, the most recent one, and I, you know what's funny is I said I'm I'm just to the point in my career financially to where I can afford this. So how are y'all doing? it? And I have a good ass job. So how are y'all? I paid $360 for this, you know, um, and it was I had a really I had a pretty good seat, not a really good seat. And I don't remember anything because I'm just there with my mouth open the whole time. Seriously. You know, you have to you have to see her multiple times in your lifetime because that was the first and only time I've seen her in concert. I literally do not remember anything about it because I'm there shocked that I'm there. Yeah. 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 So That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: looking forward to that. Um, but I want, I want to strive to be better than what the hype is about me.
0: Yes. You know,
1: even better than that, because then you, you're, you're setting a goal for yourself rather than like just trying to not disappoint people. Like I think not disappointing people is not a good motivator. Yeah. Um, Especially for creative pursuits, you know? I wanna be better than what people
0: expect that they're gonna get. Yes, oh my God, that is that is a word right there, Crystal. It is, it is, it's such a good word, y'all. If y'all don't hear nothing else in the episode, strive to be better than the hype, baby. That's so good, okay, well. Oh, my goodness. We always start the um, episode with random questions as well. And I have a few random questions for Crystal. The first one is, what made you become a comedian?
1: Um, So I was pretty like... I don't know, a mix of spiritual and religious for a long time. And when I started comedy, it really felt like a calling. And I still believe it. I still would interpret it as that because I spent most of my twenties really like going after different artistic things. And because I wanted to like, I wanted to push myself to the limit to see if this is the thing that I was supposed to do. And, and what happened was that in, pushing myself in all of these different things, I found, like, another piece of me or, or another thing that I wanted to do. So I tried dance for a while. Oh. Um, and then I was doing more, like, um, acting. Mm-hmm. I was trying to pursue acting. And I was, like, I'd, like, gotten this Shakespeare internship and, like, the whole thing. Like, as I was kind of doing acting and, like, c- considering, like, comedic acting, stand-up comedy c- kind of started to come up. Mm-hmm. And by come up, I mean, come up like randomly, either in my thoughts or like in meeting people. Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like these like divine moments where, and, and it really, and to me, I really felt like it had to be an intervention by the universe because I would not have done it otherwise. Yeah. I really like, and for like, there was a period of like three months where I was like, I'm pretty sure that I'm supposed to do this and try this. Mm -hmm. And I cried every time I thought about it because I I knew that like, you know, like there was this fire in my belly towards it. And I knew that my, like, it felt like my life path was kind of designed to go in that direction. Yeah. But I was so terrified
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: terrified of like- you know, all of the things that people say when they meet stand up comedians, you know, like, oh, it's so scary, like, you know, people heckling and like, you know, like looking like you don't know what you're doing, all of this stuff. Like, I, everything I'd pursued artistically up to that point, I'd been able to perfect behind closed doors before showing people, right? Yeah. And with stand up, you can't do that. It doesn't work.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it, but it was, I would say, yeah in short it's just it was it was kind of the universe conspiring to for me to uh like achieve this life path
0: yeah that's like the main thing like if anyone is listening and has known somebody or is thinking about doing comedy in themselves a lot of people think that they can per- perfect it behind closed doors they're like oh I'm just gonna write I'm gonna write you know 15 minutes worth of jokes first of all that is three minutes worth of jokes okay yeah <laughs> whatever you think your 15 minutes is worth of jokes without ever going on stage. That is three minutes. Okay. And then secondly, you can't do it in your room mm-hmm. um, despite popular belief. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. Well, let's have some more random questions for you, but let's take a break really quick. This has all been really good so far so y'all can take a break and hear from our sponsors. Okay. We will be right back. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I'm your host, Jasmine W, and I'm here with Crystal Adams. Make sure you follow her on Instagram at the Dark Crystal. That's T-H-E-D-A-R-K-K-R-I-S-T-A-L. And we're still talking about random questions. So, my second random question for you is: what happened on the worst date you've ever been on? Yeah, I think there was
1: like two that I was trying to decide between.
0: <laughs> Honestly.
1: I I I guess I, I want to talk about like the worst dating situation, I guess I was, it was bad for a weird reason. It's kind of, it's kind of abstract to describe. Like it wasn't anything like, I don't know, he, he left me with the bill already. It was just like, just this feeling. And I don't know if you've ever felt this on a date, but just this feeling that like, this guy likes me for the wrong reasons,, mm. yeah, and it w- there were some things that he kind of was saying, but he I think at one point he said, "Oh, like we look good together like there was something odd to me about like I think he was over um, obsessed with image mm. for himself as well. Right. Like yeah. he was very conscious. Like he did this, he did this diet, which I don't want to shame anybody's diet. Yeah. <laughs> and I've definitely tried intermittent fasting, but he was doing the kind that to me just felt really extreme where it was like, um, and I know people do this. So if this is your health life choice, you know, I no shame, but he literally he eats throughout the week and then the weekends he I think he either only eats two meals total for the whole weekend or it was like or he completely is fasting for two days in a row something like that and doing yoga at the same yeah like I I was like how do you have the energy to do yoga if you're not eating I don't know
0: hold on hold on I just want to nobody does this I just want to like maybe if you're the one person listening that does this stop because there's so many reasons why it makes no sense to fast for two days. But what? Yeah. So he
1: did that. And then like, you know, he was dressed nice, which is, you know, I like that. Like he dressed well, but he seemed like it was overcompensating for just like. Probably a long time, either feeling rejected or not feeling um, like he was really he was also, uh, I think, from India originally. Mm. So like he he'd been here for a while, but I think he was really just really wanted to um, assimilate and like be accepted and get a girlfriend. Yeah. He kept just saying weird things and making it just made me feel like, oh, I fit a lifestyle you want to live.
0: Yeah. Rather
1: than you trying to get to know me. Yeah. Um, and so it just, made it made me feel really, it didn't make me feel good. It's funny because for so long, I was just like, like the men in LA, like they don't look at me when I go into a room, like that's trash. Like I, yeah. you know, so it was weird to be on the flip side of that, but like the wrong flip side of that, yeah. you know, like this guy is like, likes how I look, you know, is into me, is interested, but it's, it's because I have fit. I'm a. I'm a piece of a, his puzzle.
0: Yeah. To me, that reminds me of like a, a sociopath. <laughs> it does. Like, Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he's trying to fit what he believes should work, but he has no feelings about it. You know what I mean? Like, and he's doing this thing to. He can. He can restrain himself from eating all weekend Mm -hmm. because it's something that he knows that he has to do to keep his physique. So he has no feelings about, you know, he's just crazy. Yeah, that, I mean,
1: honestly, a lot of that tracks. And I think, and he also was obsessed with Alicia Keys and um, to the point that, (laughs) so we, we're driving one time and he um, was playing it and it was the song, no one. And like, I, I can sing, like I've, I've sung like in front of audiences before, like, so I, and harmonizing is a thing that I've been doing since I can remember. Mm -hmm. And he also played piano. So he, he was pointing out to me like, Oh, do you hear that part? Like he was pointing and by that part, he meant the harmony. I was like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I hear it. Like, <laughs> like everybody knows the harmony from no one. Also, it's like the simplest song in the world. It literally is like four notes, you know, yeah. like it's, he he really thought he was impressing me. And, and um, the time we, when we hooked up, he had Alicia Keys concert playing in the background. I was like, this is so odd.
0: This, all of it is odd. Yeah. All of it is really odd. <laughs> all of it is just so odd. Like, it, 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 you know what I, when you told me about the Alicia Keys No One song, it's like, no one can get in the way of what I'm feeling is, an, is the song. And it sounds like something he plays when he murders people, girl. Yes. Because he is a <laughs> sociopath <laughs> in the background, you know? Where is he now?
1: probably in orange county still like i think he lived in newport that was another factor was like "Mm, not doing that um
0: he's probably married engineer oh yeah
1: he recently followed me he recently um followed me on facebook and i'm not sure why um (laughs) he was in a band that's in quotes um
0: and i don't know (laughs) somebody listening and I was like I know him (laughs) (laughs) I'm dating him now we just had sex with Alicia Keys last night good luck (laughs) (laughs) okay well my last random question is what food item do you hate so much that it could get your black card revoked
1: so, okay. So I thought about this and the thing is, I
0: really, really do like
1: just about any kind of food. And that's <laughs> the one thing that, um, honestly, I like, it's, it's, it's a source of pride that I can not only like, like a different types of food, but I can eat different types of food. Like really a lot doesn't gross me out. Um, I will say I do like raisins. I know a lot of people, Black people that don't like raisins, but in terms of like hate and liking, so I... And this could, okay, this is, here it is. I actually prefer pumpkin pie over sweet potato. I like both. Wow. I like both, but I, I love pumpkin pie.
0: <laughs> so, and that evil laugh that you did, the timing of that. So disrespectful. First of all, uh, do you know that many pumpkin pies are actually made with squash? Well, see, if you make pumpkin pie from a canned
1: pumpkin, then yeah. So the FDA has allowed um, them to put not just pumpkin parts, but they, they can also put squash parts. Like it doesn't have to be 100% pumpkin if you use a can. Yeah. Um, but if you make your own pumpkin pie from, from a pumpkin, then it's all pumpkin. So you make pumpkin pie. I have, and I've also made sweet potato pie. Like like I've said, I like both. But I just prefer pumpkin pie in my mouth.
0: <laughs> wow. I am shocked. I have never I never thought in my life I would hear a black woman say that she prefers pumpkin pie, honey. That can definitely get your black card revoked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, <clears throat> I I ate pumpkin pie as a sacrifice because I lived in San Francisco for five years and I would never go home for the holidays. So the sacrifice that I made was going to honestly anywhere, but particularly Pete's Coffee, Mm -hmm. because they have a pumpkin pie there and it was as close as I was going to get. So around the holidays, I would go to Pete's Coffee and say, can I have three slices, please? (laughs) of your pumpkin pie as a sacrifice for not going home oh mg all right y'all well i know it's early but let's go ahead and take a quick break and we come back we are going to get into the thick of things we are going to talk about cardi b and um her marriage microaggressions and and you know dating dating white dudes so we'll be right back (laughs) Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. This episode is really, really good. I'm so happy. Um, (laughs) Now we are talking about trending topics, me and Crystal. And the first one is Cardi B, okay? She filed for divorce from Offset this week um, and men had a field day, okay? I saw so many comments on Twitter about her, how her WAP didn't keep him home and how her WAP wasn't enough. It's as if men were excited for the failure of her marriage to happen, like right here on social media and took it as an opportunity to roast her pussy. Um, What are your thoughts on WAP, Crystal? Did you see, did you see what men were saying this week? Um, I only saw the
1: responses of women to Mm. men's thing which was the best I was just like I'm so glad like the internet is horrible but like I'm so glad both men and women get to be on the internet so that we can just like slaughter them in the comments like the you know it's the thing is, is that everything that it sounded like men were saying was just like going for the absolute lowest common denominator joke, Yep, which is par for the course, you know, truly, you know, like that I, I'm used to that. Yep. So it was nice to see intelligent women clapping back um, or just like not even clapping back, but just like asking people seriously, is, is this really what you wanted?
0: Yeah, You know,
1: like for a human being, cause she's a human at the end of the day. She's a human right. being with feelings.
0: I got mad for a few reasons. Like, first of all, men on the internet, a lot of men on the internet are just, will say anything, but not even have the balls to tell, or to say any of that shit in in, in person, first of all. Don't even pretend like half of y'all would say the stuff that you say to my face. Also, I tweeted this, but I'm like, your parents got divorced when you were six months old what the hell do you have to say about this? You know what I mean? Like your, your dad couldn't keep, your dad cheated on your mama too. What is your mama's WAP like, okay? Like your grandmother was devastated for most of her marriage. What was that like? like what? And they did everything that they think that you're supposed to do in a marriage. So for Cardi B to say, I don't cook, I don't clean. But I'm also a millionaire. So what millionaire does cook and clean, honey? And
1: also, it's 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 it shows that they're not listening to the song. Yeah. Like they didn't actually listen to the lyric. The lyrics of the song have nothing to do with what a man wants. It literally is the exact opposite. That. It's like about what a woman wants. A WAP isn't supposed to keep a man. A WAP is about. Completely about how a woman feels.
0: Exactly.
1: I was just like, "What? We not listen to the same song? Like, it literally. You literally took this and made it about. You put it back into the rubric of the patriarchy because you cannot see past that. Yeah, you can't see without any other lens than like a woman trying to keep a man. It is not a job. A woman's job to keep a man. It is a woman's job to make herself happy.
0: Period you can't keep a man is something that was said so often throughout the 90s that men really believe that it is our job to work to impress them to please them to satisfy them so much that they do not have a wandering eye honey if i if it was my job to do that i would literally kill myself like who wants the job, the work of having you pay attention?
1: That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Of we already have jobs, you know, like how we- <laughs> It's just yeah, I, I it it's so it's so it's so stupid. I, I, I don't I don't even understand. Um, but I that's why I can't even engage with it because it's like the basis with which you're starting this argument is already from a place of like confusion and insanity and yeah. I don't live there. So I can't even get you out of what you're in.
0: It's just crazy, too, because the first thing I thought when I heard that they were getting divorced is, damn, he lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just (laughs) lost, literally. And men are like, ha ha, you couldn't keep him around. I'm like, no, honey, he just fumbled the bag is what he did. He really did. And
1: any, I don't know, goodwill that we had towards him for her was for her
0: sake. That part.
1: Uh, like nobody, none of at least me, none of me and my friends like liked him for who he was. We just okay. hope we're hoping good things because we wanted good things for her.
0: <laughs> that is exactly right. That is exactly right. I, I said this on TikTok. I was live on TikTok. I said nobody. What is your favorite song from Offset's last album? <laughs> Let's be clear. man well wishing the best for cardi she did come out i caught the the last four minutes of her live um when she went live yesterday or the day before but she said don't worry about me i'm fine i'm not crying i'm not devastated Mm -hmm. she said i'm going to be fine listen to my new single period i love that yeah okay well the next trending topic is you know People online really relate to my microaggression videos. Um, If you follow Dark Crystal on Instagram, she sort of, you sort of spill sort of like your internal thoughts, periodically. (laughs) I would call them your internal thoughts. Mm -hmm. You have worked in the corporate circuit, is what I would consider corporate circuit when you work for anybody else around white people. as a Black woman working in corporate America, what's your advice for dealing with microaggressions in the office? And I get this question a lot from Black women, a lot, and, and other women of color, actually, Latino women, Asian women. So what would be your advice? Well, I mean, I've
1: kind of had different rounds of this. Um, so right now, I, I mean, I, I'm getting ready to transition out, but right now I've been working um, as a receptionist, which um, somehow became essential. So I have to actually go into a job every day. I've had not had, uh, I've not had the pandemic that I deserved, um, personally. (laughs) So I actually have still been experiencing this because, you know, the company is filled with different people and I won't go into the details of what kind of company it is, but it's like, it's, it's 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 rough some days um when i left my job from the with the bank which was like really really corporate um i needed to regroup and be and really step into who i was as a black woman and like make sure that that was taken care of like i really it felt like a sinking ship Mm. this was like 2017 Mm-hmm. um so it was like the prequel to the uprising that we're having now um yeah. but um and so I left I left a lot of things I left a job I left a. I left a church um and so on the other side of that of like kind of gathering all the pieces of me that I kind of had let like I I felt like I'd given to things and to people and like really like becoming one, becoming one person rather than a disjointed person. On this side of it, I kind of have a laser focus about who I trust and what I expect from people. Mm. And what I expect from people without, I think without being so pessimistic, but I just expect less from certain types of people. And I just allow myself to now be pleasantly surprised when they prove me wrong, Mm. Um, which feels like a much more powerful place to come from um, because I feel like I'm kind of steering my own ship rather than uh, allowing these relationships with people to surprise me. I think t- a lot of times the microaggressions are more hurtful Yeah. when you have kind of bonded with your coworker or yeah. you feel like there's a connection there. And so now I kind of go into it with like, all right, <laughs> I have... Like my eyes are wider. My eyes are wide open. And so I'm like, okay, this set of people, because of their background, they're going to have to prove that I can trust them in these areas. Mm. Um, I'm not going to come into it believing that they get it. Yeah. I had been giving too many people the benefit of the doubt because we had aligned on like certain political issues you know yeah. sort of yeah. you know yeah. the I and so I stopped doing that and so I think my main piece of advice is like stop expecting the people that seem like they get it stop expecting them to get it yeah. you know even if it means you have to like be a little bit guarded I know that sounds pessimistic but like The thing is, is that there always will be somebody eventually who will prove you wrong. Yeah. And that's, that's even better when you know, like that person has shown you, like, they can be trusted with certain things. Like they, they're not, you know, like you just, it's not, it's the whole pearls before swine thing, you know, not giving precious things to people who haven't earned them.
0: That's so crazy. I'm thinking about, you know, as you explain things to me, I'm thinking, okay, what what about me? You know, like, what what are my range of emotions here? As Crystal tells me about her experience, how do I relate? You know what I mean? You know, I agree because, and you know, I can hear my white woman's voice as a white woman might listen to this podcast and say, well, you can't expect the worst from everybody. hmm What well, we do with men.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so why would it be this any different? Because you're white, and this has been my experience. And and the one thing I, I I will say is like I really don't expect much from people, and I didn't working in corporate America, and I really don't now. But the older I got, and the more I did that, um, and really like the more mature I, I become, I do expect people to rise to me. Like you must meet my expectation when it comes to how you treat me. So even though you don't expect much from people as a receptionist in your current job, how, how do you hold people accountable for how they should treat you? especially as a receptionist, you're a black woman, you're intelligent, you're creative, but you're also a receptionist. So you have to be told what to do by pe- to people. People expect some level of service from you mm-hmm. in, in, in most jobs, but in this job, you know, that you're in right now. So how do you demand or how do you, you know, set expectations for people or demand respect from them or get respect from them? Mm hmm.
1: The thing is, is that um, because I kind of have this approach of like, you know, I trust who I trust and I don't trust who I don't trust, you know, people, maybe I, maybe it's just like my persona, but people rarely, at least the ones that I regularly work with, people rarely feel like they can overstep. Yeah. Um, And like, I've seen like with my other friends and she, She's, she, maybe she's a little bit better at like, kind of like being friends with people who she even disagrees with, Yeah. but I've seen her get close to people who I'm like, I wouldn't get close to this person. And, and it's not that this person is a bad person, Mm -hmm. but I can tell that this is a person who likes to hear herself talk. She's really into what she's recently learned about race and racism, you know, and she will overstep. And so I kind of, I'm tight lipped around her and I know she notices it and I know she feels a way about it, but I don't give into it because I don't have the emotional capacity to um, carry this woman into freedom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't have it in me to bring people into the consciousness that like, just because you 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 gotten it right I put that in quotes um does not mean that you it's time for you to speak like yeah. there's a there's a lot of people that have like been learning and they still feel like it's time for them to talk and it's not
0: and can, I would like to point out one thing though too She works where you are a receptionist. Why is she talking to you about this? Where are her black friends? Because when she learns something, why is she coming to you to talk about... Y'all not friends? Y'all work
1: together. Exactly. So she, you know, she you know, we'll have that moment with my coworker who's also black, you know, and she'll try to do it with me. It's funny because even the other day, like I wrote this sketch and I put my coworker in it and I thought it was fun and funny. And I was like, I wanted her to see what she would look like in a, in a, in a mini sketch that I'm working on. And, um, and so I sent it to her and then without asking me, she sent it to this woman. Oh Lord. Why
0: would she do that?
1: I know. And the funny thing is, is that she, this woman who is white, let's just, you know, we all know um, that she's white. Um, the one she came and she was like, so she sent it to me. She was like, you are so talented. This sketch was so good. And, and really that's where it should have stopped. Right. And like, or, or it should have ended with like a question. Right. But then she starts going on and on and on and on. And like, meanwhile, I'm just sitting there. It's like five minutes into this woman's, I don't even know what she said. But I'm like, you like your, you like your voice too much. Yeah. You know? And so for me, for me personally, because I am a very sensitive person, I get really, my nervous system is, gets really shaken up with um, like certain types of confrontation. Yeah. I, I figured out like when I left my other job that I needed to just, I needed to preserve me. Yeah. And so preserving me meant like, you don't even need to make those kinds of attachments to put yourself in that situation Yeah, because it's too much. You, if we're really going to succeed and like get past this, I need to be at 100%. And part of that means not having anything taken from me that I did not choose to give like emotionally, um, psychologically explaining, like walking people through like systemic racism. I, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't, I've, I've been sucked off at, like, you know, like I've been like leached off, um, so much for so long. And I, I will not do it anymore. Um, at least not for free. Um,
0: mm. <laughs> damn. And, you know, like people listening have to really hear how like exhausted you are from all of the people who you've spoken to about this and maybe even trusted or maybe even people who thought that they or who you thought would understand you. And after explaining, maybe they still didn't or they pretended like they got it. And then a week later showed you that that they didn't. And we've all had these experiences, you know. And we all just express it in 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 different ways. And I'll say too, like, the biggest lesson that I learned was to
1: become very comfortable with um awkwardness. Like because the thing is is that what happens is I'm I felt more compelled to save the situation if it felt awkward, right? Mm, yeah. So by allowing myself to explain things that I didn't feel comfortable explaining or that I felt like people should already know. Um, And so I started to unburden myself of feeling the need to care for the comfort of others. Yes. If somebody's uncomfortable and I didn't do it, it is not my responsibility to make them comfortable again. Yeah. And that is a big lesson that we, especially women need to learn yeah. Be okay with somebody else being uncomfortable, especially if they did it.
0: And I would even, I, you know, once you get there, I would take it a step further because I will say that I'm the type of person who, I, I wouldn't say that I work to make people uncomfortable, but I'm the type of person, I throw up what I think and what I feel. And if you're uncomfortable... I don't really care. Like I really do not care. You know, and I that's something that I've had to learn over time. Mm-hmm. I love it when people are uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, especially a certain type of black woman too, that I consider myself, like I didn't go to an all black school and I grew up Christian, which is, you're supposed to be very polite and I'm from the South. You know, you make things right. You always make things right. And when you take that pressure off of yourself, oh, such a relief. Mm-hmm.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy, so this is the wildest thing that's happened to me recently. This guy, um, we have guys that come into our job and then they have to like pick up a packet and then like they basically secure that packet um, as it's traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, So there, we have a lot of people that come in that we haven't seen. And so this is a guy that came in. I had never seen him before. And he's like, you know, around the office getting his stuff together, working on like, you know, getting prepared for this trip. And so we're helping him out in between that. And um, he he um, he's about to leave. He says goodbye to us. He's about to leave. He gets to the door. He's like, oh, um, I forgot your pen. And then he's about to leave again. And then he comes back. He's like, okay. And, and about this Black Lives Matter thing. What? Yes. Apropos of nothing. We weren't talking about it. We were just too Black Girl, people just sitting at
0: the desk. And you know what? What I would have said right there, I would have said, let me stop you right there. <laughs> let me stop you right there. Have a good day. <laughs> not here to talk about it. Call your daddy because I'm yeah. not here to talk about it, period. And what did he say?
1: So then he went into this long story, which the, sum- the summary of which was that he, wa- he wanted a cookie, right? He wanted, he told us the story about like when he was in, he was still a police officer and like he helped out these guys. I'm going to stop you right there. There are some good ones. I'm going to
0: stop you right there at police (laughs) officer. Okay, sir. Anyway, girl, I'm sorry. And
1: then like, the thing is, is it was so confusing that we were more, we, we had to piece together what he wanted after he left. I was like, so... Wait, what was that story? What? And I was trying, I was like, oh, he wanted a cookie. He wanted, I think he, in his mind, I think in his mind, the Black Lives Matter movement is at any moment in time consisting of whatever Black person that is in front of him. And he needs to prove to us that there are some white people because in his mind, Black Lives Matter is an anti-white movement.
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: and an anti-police movement, and in some ways, I may not disagree with that last part. But like, he doesn't even work in the force anymore. So like, why is he defending a job that he doesn't have? Oh. Uh, yeah. So um, it like, was so confusing. We just literally just stood there with our mouths open because uh, we were like, "What? Like, what is this? Like, he'd already been weird earlier that day, but it hadn't been weird like this." So yeah, he, he uh,
0: that, that, that little anecdote. And then, and here we are again with me stating, why is he talking to you about this? Where are his black friends? Where are his black family? Where, why is he approaching you as a receptionist at a random place about this? Here we are again. Yeah. That is actually a very nuanced thing that people, a lot of people don't realize about my videos. They're like, well, well, this person was just asking you about, this person was just trying to, why are they asking me? I'm obviously, I make it very obvious that we are not cool like that. We work together. That doesn't make me your soundboard for black issues to bounce off of, honey. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it just made me mad,
1: Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made me mad too. I was just like, mm, if I didn't um I bet I didn't need this job. The thing is is that in the past I've had bosses that I, I know would back me up, you know, and things yes. like this. But that's not that's not the case in this particular job. And so I'm like, this is a check. This is a check, this is a check, and I eventually will not have to be here. Um yep. there's been so many more like Humbling and at times degrading things that have happened at the job that had nothing to do with race. Yeah. So, this all kind of just fits in the like, hopefully, one day this will make a really great screenplay kind of job play. It will. Know? It
0: will. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast, and we always give advice at the end in what I like to call the keep it real corner. Um, and somebody wrote this to me on Instagram. They said, What are your thoughts on the N word? Is it okay for white people to say it if they're using it in an endearing way? Hispanic people, Filipino people, who can say it? What would be your advice? I would say um,
1: only Black people can say it. (laughs) And look, if you want to do, you want to have some other kind of arrangement in your home, that is another story. That is, Mm. I'm not in your home. I can't, you know, but and this is how I've explained it to my one, my one coworker who is Mexican. And um, I said to him, I was like, he's like, cause he, the way he came at it was like, I grew up, I grew up around all black people. Like I just, this is how I grew up. Like we are all saying it. And so it's weird for me when I go spaces and it's not okay. Or it like puts people off. It's just like, it's just part of my, my how I talk. And so I said, the difference is, that if I don't know you, you and look, you could be completely sane, but like, say I do something that makes you angry, you can always use that word and hurt me. If I make a black person I don't know angry, if they use that word with me, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Like, literally, like, what that's what it comes down to. I had a friend who, like, um, there was uh, some kids in the street where she was walking home one day. She's black. And there were some Latino kids. I don't know what she said, but she was kind of like, you know, like scolding them because they were doing something or they, I think they were talking like wild about women or something like that. And then they just started calling her the N word. Yeah. To hurt her. Right. Cause right. they, and they, and they knew it would hurt her. Right. But if it's like, <laughs> if it was some black kids, it's just like that. I mean, it, It's not going to hurt her as much, you know, because we we both we both can exist as that word. Yeah, there's an equality in that word. Like, yeah, you may hurl an insult, but like the the crux of the insult is not going to be the N word for me. Right, it's going to be whatever you said around that word.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And ugly.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I I think it's the power differential of you know, how you can affect somebody when you use that word. We will never, I will never be able to hurt him with that word.
0: Right, right, right. You know, I've said this, you know, on the podcast before, um, anyone who identifies as Black can say the word. If you identify as Black, you can say the word. What? Well, I'm Dominican. Are you Black? Yeah, I'm Black too. Okay, you can say the word. Oh, well, um... I'm mixed. Can I say the word? Do you identify as black? Yeah, my dad's black. Okay, you can say the word. I, like, period. Yeah. If you're not black, you can't say it. If you don't identify as black, you can be black and Latino and say the word. But you can't not identify as black. You can't say, I'm not black. I'm Mexican. I'm not black. I'm Filipino. I'm not black. I'm Indian. Well, you can't say it, and I don't care how dark you are either. If you don't identify as black, you can't say it, Period. End of story. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, Crystal, I have really enjoyed this episode. This was so good. S- so fun. Uh, what do you have coming up? How can people keep up with you? I, well, I do send out a newsletter
1: from time to time if I have something big that I want, you know, people to know about. Um, so if, people want to be a part of that newsletter you just go to my website it's crystaladams.com um and there's there's a box that uh will ask for your email and Mm -hmm. then you'll be added to my newsletter um and like you said you can follow me um at the dark crystal on instagram but um the only thing I have going on is like from time to time I have some zoom shows and I did oh we did a spec script reading of this spec script that is so yeah there's some some projects from time to time that come up
0: Well, Crystal, I've loved having you on the episode. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on the platform you're listening on right now. And if you loved Colored Couch Conversations, make make sure to tell someone about the show. Okay, do not be selfish. You can follow us on Instagram at Colored Couch Conversations, or you can watch the show on my YouTube. That's Comedian Jasmine W on YouTube spelled J-A-Z-M-Y-N. Thanks to my dad. And thanks for listening. And thanks, Crystal. Thank you. Bye y'all.